0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome to recalibrating the scales I'm your host and chief executive resolutionist Normia Vasquez scales at your disposal Nonprofits and for profit mergers. Special Treats Proprietor Dan Friedman will address controversy regarding for profit businesses in partnership with charitable entities and rented the rundown on business basics. That's right. Entrepreneurship one oh one, ladies and gentlemen. Chocolate Spectrum Chocolatier, Valerie Herskowitz, and Highland Chocolate's general manager, Amy Welcher also featured this broadcast to lend their savvy and credential perspectives on this niche endeavor. Hence Dan Friedman, Chapel Hill, North Carolina boutique gourmet chocolate retailer, is supposed to dissolve discrepancies pertaining to business collaborations between nonprofits and for-profit organizations. Brace yourself for an exclusive interview unveiling the rationale and incentive behind spearheading special treats, a unique establishment housing intricate delicacies exclusively crafted by people with disabilities in conjunction with the aforementioned affiliated organizations governed by Valerie Herzkowitz, and Amy Welch. They will also lend their expertise on business basics for thriving and aspiring entrepreneurs. Yet, I'd like to read a rendition of my original poem for your aesthetic fancies titled Soul Proprietors, Entangled. Soul Proprietors, Entangled. Zealously whisking across the threshold she'd become abruptly inebriated by the procreation of tantalizing aromas spawned by Belgian chocolate fancies garnished with cinnamon and slow-churned whiskey. Unrefined benevolence cascaded throughout the confectionery enterprise, housing alluring, sinfully sweet delicacies, and the kindred proprietor, who ascended for the sender, spewing the ash that hydrated, watered, narcotized her waning, parched spirit. A knight void of armor, orchestrating Parisian rendezvous via railway quests glazed with colonial savannah, sprinkled with honeyed, candied, crystalline castles, embellishing rural Spanish terrain. A gentle man, laden with unpretentious chivalry and outstretched limbs, fueling every endeavor, campaign, and evoking their resilience while solidifying the underlying causes scripted, crafted by written and verbal unpardoned vernacular, mutually endorsing a savory, uninhibited, and blissfully Hereafter, setting the stage and precedent for a sprightly new chapter of joint ventures. Now, without further ado, I introduce to you Valerie Valerie Pardon me, Valerie Herskowitz, Amy Welch, and Dan Friedman. Dan, Valerie and Amy, welcome to the Recalibrating the Scales radio show. How are you this evening?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you. This is Valerie. Nice
1: to, ha- nice to be on the show. Thank you. Uh,
0: this is thank Dan. You. Thanks thank you. for having me.
1: And this is Amy.
0: Thanks for having mm-hmm.
1: me. And I thank you all in exchange for carving out time this second day of January, uh, right at the, th- the threshold of the new year. Um, I'd like to ask you, Valerie, Amy, and Dan, the three of you share a commonality, given that you share the common thread of being chocolatier. And/ or chocolate retail proprietors and/or facilitators, most importantly, your products are fueled and crafted with tender love and care from people with disabilities. Very humanitarian and, and noble indeed. However, can you lend us your best or most concise summation or of, of yourselves and your expertise coupled with the rationale or backstory but?
0: Um, you Would you like me to start?
1: like to start us off? Who's up to bat?
0: All right. Um, um, Special Treats was uh, started with uh, the idea that um, we would be a, a retailer only. It's one of the differences uh, between um, uh, our, our operation and uh, Amy's and Valerie's. Um, uh, we're not a, a manufacturer, but um, we we do have the um, the, the purpose of uh, providing uh, employment both directly and indirectly for people with disabilities. I um, hire people with disabilities to work in my store, um, but I don't. I, I'm not making chocolate like they are. Um, so that's kind of the quick version of uh, of what we do. And and I should make it clear that they are uh, Amy and Valerie's operations are both. Suppliers that, that we rely upon for uh, um, essential uh, merchandise.
1: Okay. And uh, was there Va- anything else you'd like to land in terms? Go
0: ahead. Go ahead.
2: Well, I'm Valerie, and oh, go ahead. Uh, so we got started. We have sort of a uh, maybe I say I was going to say dual. Uh, purpose here, but we really have more than that. We originally started out of my house in 2013 just as an activity for my son, Blake, who who at the time was graduating high school and didn't have anything to do (laughs) in Florida here. There was (laughs) literally nothing for him to do, and things sort of took off when I would run into folks in the grocery store, and they would say, well, my son's not doing anything. Can he come over? And make chocolate with you all too, so uh, fast forward we started having fourteen people in my in my um, uh, house. it got to be a little much. so we ended up hiring uh, some of the workers that had been with me, and they we moved into a shop and um, like Dan said, we began retailing as well as we always had a mail order business, which is our which is basically our one of our basic operations is our mail-order business because we ship all over the country. But now we retail as well and, of course, wholesale, as Dan mentioned. And we also are a major training facility. Uh, we have um, opportunities with now high schoolers as well as adults, and we train them both in the uh, skill of making chocolate and pastries as well as training them on how and social skills and working in the environment and in a business. I'm a I'm a um, 40 year veteran speech pathologist, so I have a lot of experience and training as it mm-hmm. is. So we're 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 going we're going in several different directions at this point to try and increase opportunities for individuals with developmental disabilities.
1: I see. And, uh, and how about you, Amy? Is there
3: well, anything you like to add to that? Sure. Highland Chocolates was started in around 1994-95 as a county program here in Tioga County in Pennsylvania. And it began as a way to employ adults in the area with disabilities who needed something to do, as Valerie mentioned. And it started with just three or four people working out of an apartment. And right now we currently have four staff plus 16 individuals who make all of our, our chocolates. And also, like Valerie said, it's complicated because we're a vocational program. We're a human services program. We're a retailer, a wholesaler. Uh, we're also a tourist destination. We offer tours of our factory, and we're in the outdoor capital of Pennsylvania, really, with the Grand Canyon here. So we get a lot of tourists through that want to come in and, and see how the chocolate is made. So it is complicated because we do not just one thing. It's several things.
1: Hmm. Well, what sound business advice, um, and this is this could be for, for each of you, for any of you, uh, any particular order, but what sound business advice could you render to thriving and above all aspiring entrepreneurs that are listening in across the globe? Business Essentials 101, basically.
0: Well, I I would say, um, you know, I went through a whole process um, starting this shop and I came from a totally different, unrelated uh, career uh, and retired from that. And um, I did as much homework as I could. And, you know, the standard advice you would get would be do your homework before you, you know, go into uh, uh, any new business. And I I did the best I could, and I uh, – you know, but what, what happens is at, – at, at least what happened to me is you reach a point where you've done all the homework that you can realistically do, and um, if you haven't found anything that clearly tells you it won't work – you 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 have to pull the trigger. You reach a decision point where um, you have to take the risk and, and jump off. You know, go out on that limb and jump off. Um, and that was the a, a difficult thing for me um, because there is no clear cut um, way to know if the business is going to succeed or not. There's a lot of risk involved, and um, so we were unsure whether this whether this idea would work or not. And um, uh, as soon as we opened and started seeing the the business, then uh, it got a little more – I had a little more of a comfort level because we saw that there was demand uh, for, you know, what we were selling. Um, But I guess what I would say to aspiring entrepreneurs is um, do your homework, but beware of paralysis by analysis. Um, You're you're not necessarily Mm going to get a clear cut – red light, green light. Sometimes you have to just be a risk taker.
1: Okay, Which is something I clearly advocate with my carpet and approach. I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Well, this is Valerie, and I I can't agree with Dan more. Uh, I think I get a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails and phone calls, at least three or four a month from people who have children or even people who are just touched in some way by disabilities and want to do something similar and you know I tell them the first thing I tell them is whatever you think is going to happen isn't going to so so don't you it's not going to happen the way you think it is that's just not you can't have this amazing fantasy plan in your head and think that's going to happen and that's why I agree with Dan because you have to we piloted or two and three years in my house but to be honest with you i never really was thinking of going beyond my house i mean that was never my vision of having another business i'm uh you know i have another career and it was just something i never really thought as as you know that i was going to get into this but you do have to just kind of jump into it but you before even more than jumping into it and this was advice that was given to me you must be able to monetize your business a lot of people call me with ideas Mm. and they all sound great but when i ask them how are you going to fund it they don't have a clue no clue about how to Mm. you know about how to get loans no clue about you know how you know they have some vision that they're going to have bake sales and fundraisers and car washes to to and and ask and go online and do some kind of a you know, handout thing. You know, like GoFundMe or something online or whatever, and think that they're going to be able to raise enough money that way. And I tell people, and this was what was told to me, and it was get your get your finances squared away before you jump into anything, um, because you're going to need money. Mm. It's not it's not something that someone's going to just because you're working with people with disabilities is just going to hand you a pile of money and say here, you know, start a business. So that would be okay. if you're thinking about it i would definitely i would that was the, the first thing that was told to me how are you going to pay for it so
1: i recommend that okay well i definitely, will definitely I will jump practice in. information
3: yeah i'll jump in here this is amy um i'm in a different situation in that the business had already been started long ago before i joined so my challenge is growing and growing with the limitations that we have as far as where we're located, the size of our facility, how many people we can employ, um, things like that. So I'm, I'm faced with that part of the business, which is good, but it's also very much a challenge. And the only advice I can offer right now at this point is I just think that you need to learn everything that you possibly can, you know, know a little bit about everything, and that makes it at least a little bit easier to get started. Um, If you know a little bit about advertising, a little bit about building a website, you know, everything from that to ordering and learning about the quality of your packaging and ingredients, things like that, you just, you really do need to know a bit of everything.
1: I think that's pretty that's, – well, that's pretty solid advice, I would say. Definitely, definitely uh, not in vain. Well, with that being said, and I do appreciate all of the, the priceless information that you've given. I'm, I'm sure there are droves of people that can benefit from what you've just shared and imparted. Um, but now for the unveiling burning question. How can a healthy collaboration prevail between nonprofit and for-profit establishments? In light of quote perceived disparities between the two entities, you've all conclusively proven that a healthy equilibrium can be attained via your respective business models. But um, how would you articulate that in your in your best summation?
2: Well, I, this is Valerie. I I don't know. Um, if I have the definitive answers to that, because that's not something I'm really good at. Uh, we, all I can say is when we first started, I had a vision in my mind that I wanted to be a for-profit. I didn't want to be a um, nonprofit because I had I had a vision that we were going to. I wanted a business that could sustain itself using individuals' specialties. I didn't want it to be different than what anybody would do you know, and starting a business. But then when reality set in, um, we, I'm lucky in that I already had a nonprofit in existence for since 1999, which it, the, the mission of our uh, nonprofit has been to uh, provide services for individuals with developmental disabilities in, in the community and so throughout the years whatever niche was not being met we were we were able to meet it and we developed camp programs and recreational programs and things like that so this is just another step for us in developing programming for individuals uh, for drop training so for us we have that component we have the training component that we look at as our Non-profit entity and then we have You know the retail Which functions As a for-profit However I may At one point decide to convert The whole thing to a non-profit Not right now but that's a possibility Later on we'll see how it goes But um, It's a little complicated You know Mm -hmm. It is a little complicated That's what I have accountants for (laughs) But yeah Yes,
1: yeah. how we do ours. Okay, but but have both proven yourself and Dan in particular have proven that it is it is feasible, um, because I know that there's been some static or, for lack of a better word, controversy, you know, pertaining to how do you how can you bring those two uh, worlds together. Um, and that's the rationale behind me posing that question. Well, so when all, I
2: when I moved was into anything? my shop. When, when I first moved into my shop, um, by the way, we use SCORE. I don't know if anybody's familiar with them, uh, if you have that. In, it's a national organization that provides free um, help to businesses that are, that are small businesses, and it's totally free. They have always pushed us to become totally nonprofit. So that might be something that I end up doing you know, in the future. Uh, apparently, you know. I guess it has to. A lot of it has to do with if you meet the criteria, type of thing. Mm-hmm. So you have to, you know, meet the criteria for the nonprofit. It's not just something you decide you want to do.
1: Okay. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Um, Amy, is there anything you wanted to to lend to that at all? Well, I think we
3: at Highland Chocolates we do try to partner and work with for profits. Um, We've been trying to develop some interesting fundraising ideas. Um, obviously, we sell wholesale to for prop, you know many for-profit companies, um, but we do try to collaborate when we can. And you know there are various businesses in the area that we work with, and some special events that we work with that are all for-profit. And I think for us. Um, We just always have to be careful that we're following the law and following uh, Mm -hmm. any guidelines that are laid out to make sure that everything's, you know, very clear and everyone understands everyone's position. Uh, But that's the only uh, downside I see of working together with a for-profit company. Um, It's been very easy, in a sense, for us to collaborate as far as, you know, wholesale and events and things like that. So we've luckily so far been successful in that. Um, I don't really see a downside unless you haven't thought things through.
1: Hmm. Okay. And then in brief, I know you touched on this uh, to a degree, but in brief, what is your vision for your respective endeavors embodying, again, nonprofit and for-profit partnerships? I know this is um, something that you alluded
0: know to. Yeah. yeah you know um uh, i had a i had a situation not too long after i first opened the store where a, a customer came in and i was explaining our mission to them and uh you know i said you know uh, the uh, products that we sell are made by people with disabilities our suppliers are nonprofits and so forth and and they said something along the lines of, so you're exploiting people with disabilities. And I said, what? And, you know, because we're a for-profit company, that some people, I think, view um, that we're somehow taking advantage of disabled people by selling their products and making a profit doing it. And uh, it made me think of Valerie and Amy, and I thought, you know, I bet if you asked Valerie and Amy if special treats was exploiting people with disabilities, they'd probably say no. So that's, you know, that's, those are my thoughts on this. I don't want to have any sort of, um, you know, ethical questions about, you know, what we do. We create jobs indirectly is my, my opinion.
2: And uh, this is Valerie and I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute, if you don't mind. Um, Mm-hmm. I, met, I met Dan, you know, Dan came down, he explained, and we, we got to know each other. And so I can unequivocally say not, he's not only not exploiting my staff, he is providing opportunity for my staff to work more. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because of yeah. his orders, I'm able to provide more jobs. So the comment that that man made was It was ridiculous. However, again, to play devil's advocate, I have met people in my recent days, uh, I would say over the last year, who have come to me to create something, and in getting to know them, I did feel that they were possibly going to exploit the benefits that perhaps they perceived would be available to them if they maybe hired somebody who had special needs. So in, okay. in certain situations, I think it's possible. I didn't get a good feel for it, and I reached out to some other people that I knew who had met who had, how it, who had met these people and they also didn't get a good feel for it because again if you deal from the non-profit perspective you know there may be people out there that are going to try and exploit this concept so that they can receive um, non-profit status or whatever and, and what they actually will do in terms of providing jobs we're not sure so I think, I think there is that possibility. But I think that that man, if he had spent a little time in Dan's shop, should be ashamed of himself. Actually, for saying that, <laughs> I agree but, because that's ridiculous. Um, but yeah. and first of all, don't come into the shop if you think that's what someone's doing. But uh, in in that situation, definitely not. But there is. There is definitely the possibility for, I think you have to be aware that there are, not everybody has good intentions out there, and you have to be kind of careful.
1: Okay. So discri- being discriminatory uh, or discerning you know, against those predatory cases. So um, I know we're winding down at, at present. Final points uh, that you'd like to render, or either of you, Amy Dan, any quick, any additional advice or final points?
0: Um, you know, I, I I would just say that um, um, part of my mission as a, of our mission as as a store here is to not only buy products that are made by people with disabilities, but also hire people with disabilities to work here. And I am the only uh, employee here who uh, does not have an official diagnosis and and is not officially categorized as disabled. And um, it has worked out um, much better than I uh, had hoped. Um, uh, My my, uh, experience with people with disabilities was somewhat limited. Uh, primarily to my adult son. And the people that I hired um, have exceeded my expectations, and I'm very proud of them. So that part has turned out um, uh, very well.
3: This is Amy. I'd I, I love to hear that. I think that's something that... Um, we want is you know, what we provide here at Highland Chocolates is job training. Some of our individuals have been here for many, many years, but others stay a few years, learn the skills, and we're thrilled when they move on and can work in the community alongside people without disabilities. And that's really a big part of our goal here. And I think that's something that's a message I would really like to get out there is, you know, to give people with disabilities a chance because there's so much that they can do and uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful experience when they do move on and get those jobs.
1: Okay. And thank you so much, you know, for for rendering that additional snippet for us as well, Amy. Uh, I know we have about 30 seconds remaining, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, rather. Um, were there any... Was there any additional information you wanted to post? I know I did post your websites uh, for your respective businesses on, our, on the episode page, but was there anything else you'd like to add for any of the listeners out there?
0: Uh, only if they live in North Carolina and are looking for a place to go on Valentine's
3: Day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or in Pennsylvania. <laughs> right, right. I did not know there was a Grand Canyon of Pennsylvania. Yes, it's beautiful.
3: <laughs> it's really a gorge, mm-hmm.
0: but we call it a Grand okay. Canyon. <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. All right. And well, then, we're down
2: in sunny Florida, does? which is not sunny right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the sun will be coming soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Dan, Valerie, Amy, stand by for just a brief moment. I'd like to extend my utmost sincere gratitude and appreciation to Valerie Herskely, Annie Welch, and Dan Friedman for imparting their time, space, energy, and expertise this evening. Moreover, I applaud my behind-the-scenes team, Bradley, coupled with my avid listeners speckling the globe for your unwavering listenership. I humbly implore your support has not gone unnoticed. And please feel free to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes and Stitcher. Until the next episode, this is Normia Vasquez-Scales, signing off.